Welcome to the intro episode of the Unstoppable Podcast, where we teach you about the decentralized web. My name is Matthew Gould, and I'm the founder and CEO of Unstoppable Domains. I have an economics and technology background. I discovered crypto when I moved to SF while working for a YC startup. I almost immediately fell in love with Bitcoin. I spent my weekends going to Bitcoin meetups. I ran a node out of my apartment. I was getting together with others in the space to build small applications, just trying to imagine what the future could be with these new technologies. I ended up being an early investor in several crypto projects, an early investor in Ethereum, and uh, a very early believer in crypto's ability to rebalance power structures in our global economy. I got interested in crypto mostly for the political impact of the technology, and then also just because the technology itself continues to unfold in new ways that you just couldn't imagine would be possible even just five years ago. Uh, my co-founder, uh, Braden, and I were one of the first companies to work with smart contract platforms to build components for the decentralized web. We have created two uh, blockchain domain registries, .zill and .crypto, and are the largest blockchain domain registry on the planet. We built systems across multiple blockchains. Uh, we continue to be one of the 10 largest decentralized applications um, of all applications. And we have a relatively long tenure, about half a decade, um, in a very young space. Bitcoin is just over 10 years old, and Ethereum just turned five uh, this year, I believe. The intent of this podcast is to teach you about these new emerging technologies. Now, a lot of you may be coming here from our website, unstoppabledomains.com, and you'll already have some ideas about emerging blockchain technology and the way it could impact the world. For others, this may be the first place you learn about decentralized technologies. We're aiming to do an episode a week, maybe you know two or three if we can fit it in, sometimes with a guest, uh, sometimes on a specific topic of interest, but it's always going to be about crypto and the decentralized web. We're excited to have everyone here, and we hope to create a place where anyone can learn more about these emerging technologies, uh, the people behind them, and how you can actually apply and use these technologies in your everyday life. Uh, we have the advantage of having been in this space for a while. Um, several of the people that I have met have gone on to found companies and create amazing products. And we will bring those people on this podcast as well to talk about their view for how they see the space is evolving. This podcast is for people who like to keep up with emerging technology, people from the crypto industry, you know, insiders who love deep dives, or just hobbyists who want to tinker with all the new tech, to those who just want to listen to keep in up to date with new things that are impacting the world. Uh, the point of the podcast is to be purposefully inclusive, and my reasoning for that is straightforward. I really think crypto is going to take over the world, or at least the digital world. And if you think about it, the whole world is going digital. I like to say that I spend about 50% of my time on a screen somewhere in my life, uh, but only 1% you know, people's assets, or actually much less than that, is digital. And that's just something that's going to flip. Crypto is a good topic for everyone to learn more about because it, it is going to creep into your life over the next few decades, just like the internet and mobile phones change everyone's lives. 
over the past couple decades. Crypto really is that big and it is going to be that important. Not enough people see that yet. And I'm hoping to shine a light on the whole crypto industry to help get more people on board. Uh, and the sooner the better. And, and one of the major things I'm going to cover here is use cases beyond maybe what you're thinking right now. Everyone knows the narratives for cryptocurrencies. You know, they're uh, highly volatile um, you know, assets and, and they're, you know, maybe they're trying to compete as money, but they're actually doing a lot more behind the scenes than that, although that is a huge component. On this show, I'm going to introduce you to people building this next generation of the internet using these decentralized technologies, and they're going to be built on top of uh, crypto protocols like Bitcoin or Ethereum and other blockchain projects that you may never heard of, you've never heard of or thought about, uh, and may seem really wild, but this is the future. This is the frontier of the internet. Uh, the digital economy is our new economy. It's our generation's moon landing. It's where the largest companies in the world by market capitalization build their businesses. It's where people increasingly go to do everything. I don't think it's a stretch to say that in 50 years, our world will be completely transformed by technologies built on top of crypto protocols. Why is it such a big deal? I think the best place to start is to think about what's broken now, because almost any new technology is solving a specific problem. And if you think about it, you know something is broken online. When you are on Facebook or Google or basically anywhere on the internet, these very large companies are taking your data. Uh, the world that they're presenting to you is filtered. Uh, you're being constantly watched online. And then all this information they have about you is being used to manipulate your behavior, your emotions, and your actions online. That sounds crazy, but you know, from a business perspective, it makes sense. If I can put you into a conversion funnel that makes you just click one more time to add an extra pair of shoes in your cart, I can make tens of millions, if not billions of dollars online. The problem is this technology and the way that it's being used is divisive because everyone has their own information silo. Um, you get multiple versions of reality online and that gets to be really unhealthy over time. It's also opaque. You hear people talking about all the time about being censored and most people don't have that problem. But guess what? There's entire categories of people in their own little internet silos where they experience censorship frequently. YouTubers, uh, as one example, that's actually quite mainstream. And it happens thousands of times every day. Another problem is the current way the internet is structured is not built for the end user's benefit. It's actually built for companies' benefit to make money. And this is a type of economic system where you have a third party payer. And uh, it's actually a lot like the insurance market that like when you go to the doctor, the insurance company is paying. Well, when you go to Facebook, the corporation that's buying the ad spot is paying for your user experience. And whenever you have a third party payer system, you're going to end up with really weird incentives where 
<laughs> they're not aligned for the consumer's benefit. So just like in healthcare, we've had increasing costs for decades that have become unsustainable, at least here in the United States. We have this same problem happening online where the increasing costs, which are the uh, taking of your data and monitoring of your actions without your permission, is getting so high that everyone is experiencing it. And we have actually reached a point where we need to make a decision before things really start to break. I do think, unfortunately, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And one of the ways that I like to think about it is I like to say we need to demilitarize the internet. Because right now, the internet is designed basically as a giant parasite to attack end users and take as much value from them as they possibly can. So we need to take the teeth out of that so that's no longer how it's designed. Something that I think we will reflect on in the future when we look back at this time period is that we are actually currently in a global information war. And it's kind of like the trade wars of the 16th, 17th, 18th, you know, 1800s, where no one really noticed. There were you know, ships going around the ocean, and then there were pirates stealing things off those ships. And uh, there was mercantilist um, arguments between countries. Um, and these, all of these things were happening, but no one really put it into a larger scope until a little bit later when they could look back and reflect. We're in that same situation right now online. And right now it's mostly you know, French groups or, or hacker organizations or maybe well-organized um, campaigns uh, that are taking advantage, but it's getting more and more organized and it's getting more and more dangerous. And when you look at the internet as like an area of control, like some, some place where you need to have some sort of control over it, it's, it's kind of like the responsibility of us as a community to make sure that we design this well, just like uh, the commons. And, and so we need to somehow uh, build an internet that is secure, unlike the insecure internet that we've built. Uh, and it's time to upgrade. The internet may have been built to withstand a nuclear attack, but it was not built to withstand an information attack. But if we do it right, we can make it so the internet won't be affected by these type of uh, global information attacks that are happening on users. What people fail to realize is the technology to do this is actually crypto, and specifically Bitcoin and blockchain technology and new emerging technologies that take advantage of basic crypto primitives to build safer environments in digital worlds. And the key to doing that is building the right incentive structures. So why is blockchain and Bitcoin you know, solving this problem? Well, Bitcoin was the first technology to solve digital scarcity. And that's why it's so important, because since Bitcoin, um, a lot of other advances have also been made throughout the whole ecosystem, each of which have a part to play in a future world online where you have property rights on the Internet. And property rights are really the only way to fix the problem that we have with the third-party payer incentive structure where uh, corporations are the ones that own the data and governments are the ones that own the data online and users are actually just being farmed for their information as they travel around the internet. So the underlying problem is you don't own anything. But I have to ask you, like, how much is your Instagram handle worth? Or how much is your Twitter handle worth? Or your Tinder profile? What about your browsing history? Well, I bet if you asked Elon Musk, he'd probably say his Twitter is worth 
at least $100,000, if not a million bucks. Uh, if you take a look at browsing history, they actually companies have assessed how much knowing all data about a user is in a year. And they've said that they think it's worth between $100,000 and $1,000 per year per person. Just think uh, what you could do if you got an extra $1,000 a year as a check in the mail for your data online. And guess what? That value is actually the value of all that data when it's being when it's got the five-figure discount, when it's being stolen, right? So like the, the actual value of that data is probably 10 to 100x higher when you establish a market for uh, that, that digital information online. Currently, it's all stolen goods. But if we could establish ownership online, we could actually build whole economies, whole economies around that information. So it, to think of it as a parallel, all of these changes that are happening and all these updates that are happening in uh, blockchain technology, in the decentralized web that allow people to have ownership of digital property, it's the digital industrial revolution. Just like we had the industrial revolution a couple hundred years ago when we allowed people to have property rights over uh, their land and their factories and, and the production of their labor, we now need to allow people to have property rights over the things that they create digitally. And if you look at it, we've had the biggest boom in human history the last few hundred years post the Industrial Revolution, post the establishment of uh, property rights. And I think that we're going to have a continuation of that boom, and in fact, even an acceleration of that boom as we establish property rights for the digital economy. And this continued trend of moving things online from stock trading to e-commerce to socializing, um, along with the invention of new technologies to protect users' freedom, and when I say that, I mean like you know, freedom of speech, your, your property rights, your privacy online, all of this is coming together much, much faster than people realize. And it's exciting, it's game-changing, and it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for those that want to get involved. So I look forward to great discussions over the next year covering these topics on this podcast. We are always open to guest suggestions. Please just reach out. Let us know if there's anything in particular you'd like us to cover on this podcast. Please check us out at unstoppabledomains.com. Pick up your piece of the decentralized web. And you can find me on Twitter at Matthew E. Gould or at Unstoppable Web. And thanks again. See you next episode.